0: Was that I had no symptom. I ended up eating loads. So, hey. Anyway. So, <laughs> when the NHS guy got to me on the phone, he was like, um, I hear you have this thing. I'm like, yep, that's um, a name it's called. And he said, So, any symptoms? Anything at all? And I'm like, um, Not really. I'm, I'm fine. By the grace of God, I'm fine. And, and he's like, Oh, okay. Deb, are you sure? I'm like, Yeah, the only symptom I had is just, I've just been eating loads of the shopping. But you know what God is really, really merciful and very gracious to be honest, because when you listen to the news and you hear all the news and all the terrible news that is going on about the, the virus and everything and 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 what's happening out there, you just cannot stop but to say thank you to the Lord for for making you see each passing day. It is a gift, to be honest, to be alive. And we all need to appreciate life when we are given the opportunity to enjoy life. So don't just see life as, oh, okay, I'm off today. No, well, that's fine. Let me get all my work then. Nine to five. Yep, I'm back home. Yep, okay, food, dinner, bed. The same routine. But there is something what more than your normal routine which you all go through in a day or every day. And that is the person who you sort of bring you do. But even with all that in mind, we still have this, oh, I want to do what makes me happy. Before I venture into what I'm about to say, may I please ask you all to stand up on your feet. May I please ask you to lift up your right hand to heaven? And can I ask you to say this after me? As for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As a member of the Lighthouse Church, I will serve the Lord in my church. In my home, in my community, in my place of work, going out, in my coming in, in every area of my life, I will serve the Lord. Please give the Lord a a round of applause while you sit down. Amen. Before I open the scripture, it comes a point in time where we kind of. Anyway, just to let you know, this is a two-part message, although I've not told Pastor Charles, but he's hearing it for the first time, that's fine. Anyway, So, before we start, I just want to give you an overview about what I'm about to preach. And it says, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, that is a very massive word. That is, you are trying to tell somebody that, look, this is what I've decided to do. But anyway. Before this message came to be, I was praying, and I said to God, "Oh, it's um, getting nearer to the time for me to preach, and I need a word." I kept praying. Then I had a problem with my uh, my son's um, piano stool, and I texted um, PT and said, "Can I please drop this over on my way to work?" And I stopped over at his, dropped it. Then after close of play, I got to his house and. Came to pick it up, and we met at the door, and we're talking. And I'm like, "Do you know what? I'm just trusting God for something to preach." And he said, "This were his words, to be honest." He said, "Why don't you just preach as for me and my house?" And you know when you have that light bulb moment, ding! I'm like, "Wow! I'm like this is what God wants me to say." And I just felt this peace in my heart because if it wasn't what God wanted me to say, I don't think it would have kind of played out well. So. I want to thank PT and also to thank God for speaking to him, to speak to me, to speak to you, and to speak to us, if that makes sense. Anyway, thank you, PT. So, this morning, I'm going to ask us to open our Bibles. It's going to be interesting. If you open your Bible to the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Now, just to let you know, This was Joshua's last message, last word to the children of Israel before he passed. Now, it comes to a point in your life where you need to give a final word. I'm not saying you're dying. No, you're not. Just don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to explain something. It gets to a point in your life where you need to make a decision. You need to say to yourself, I have been stuck with X. I need to move to Y or I need to move to Z. And it gets to that point where you say to yourself, do I really want to make this? Or I'm still just comfortable where I am? And that is why I struggle with the thoughts and ideology of people saying, I'm just going to do what makes me happy. That is a very, very interesting word, you know. When I hear people say it, I'm like, it makes me cringe. What makes you happy? What about the God that created you? Do you do things to make him happy? You see, this is where we begin to play up on being selfish and self-centered, the me and I syndrome, the me and I mentality, which is what I struggle with. But it is common in the society now where people just say, I'm just going to do what makes me happy. Oh yeah, God wants us to be happy. I am not no doubt about that. But what about what makes the God that created you happy? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to... No. You know, he just sits there and just looks at you with all the love he's showered on you and all you want to say, all I want to say is, Lord, you know, I'm just going to do what makes me happy. But that's not what God is about. So Joshua called these people together to give them a final word. And if you know about Joshua's story, he um, took over from Moses and, and now became the leader of the children of Israel. And he called them to a place called Shechem. I don't know if you've ever heard that place, but it interprets to mean shoulder. It is a place where Abraham had this covenant with God when he was meant to sacrifice his son. And God said, no, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And it's the same place where they buried the bones of Joseph. So that was a significant place he brought them. And guess what? We are in our second Shechem. Shechem, second, Yeah, That's where we are. We are in the presence of God. And the Bible says that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So if you're thinking about what makes you happy, why don't you think about the Bible saying at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That is endless, not temporarily, not minimal, but something like, you know, overjoyousness, if there's any grammar like that something that wants to make it happen. Anyway, the Bible says that then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. The leaders, the judges, the officials of Israel and they presented themselves before God. Whenever there is a presentation before God, that means it's a serious business. I mean, not scary but serious business. And it goes on to say that Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. Long ago, this is the history now, this is what Joshua is trying to remind them. It says, Long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, the father of, of Abraham, and now lived beyond the river and worshipped all the gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him Throughout um, Canaan, and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his son, Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I. Sorry. Then I, then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians. By what I did there. And I brought you out. When I brought you. When I brought your fathers out of Egypt. You came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued them. With chariots and horsemen. As far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help. And he put darkness between you. And the Egyptians. He brought the. He brought the sea over them. And covered them you saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then he lived in the desert for a long time. Then you lived in the desert for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorite, who lived east of Jordan. Then fought against uh, I gave them your hands. I destroyed them from before you and You took possession of their land. When Balak um, of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Boah, to put a curse on on you. But I would not listen to Balaam, so he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you into his hands. Then you crossed the Jordan. Anyway, If I go to 33, it says, But if I, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors, whether the God your ancestors served, beyond the Euphrates, the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. It comes a time when we decide who to serve. Now the interesting thing here is that God gives us a home God gives us a job, God gives children, God gives health, God makes you wealthy, name it, the the list are really endless to be honest. But, you know, you say to yourself, are you controlled by this, by what he gives to you, do you worship the, the gift rather than the giver? And when you get into trouble with this gift, when you get into trouble in life, do you own or do you run to the throne? So where do you kind of place your priority or where do I place my priority? And one thing you need to know that when somebody is up here preaching a message to you, the person is also talking to themselves. Because God is also speaking to the person, speaking to you. So when the person says you, means means everybody, to be honest, because he's also talking to himself. So at the end of the day, what we serve is what stands for or against us. Now it goes on to say that, um, I brought down something here. I say, it's your home, God-centered, family-centered, children-centered. But in all this list, God wants our home, your life, everything you do, to be centered upon him. He wants to be the center of focus. And that's why the Bible says that that's why God said, "I'm a jealous God but me." But you know, what kind of god are you serving? Last week was um the most celebrated Halloween. Yeah. So um <laughs> I think the, the, the shock factor I always get about Halloween is the fact that we Christians dress up our children in something look, that looks so scary and we knock on people's door for trick or treat. And you ask yourself, is that really godly? Mm, not sure. You cannot serve God and serve Mammon. The Bible puts it clear. God is not going to mix mix his word. His His word is yes and amen. He's not going to pamper his word to kind of suit you. No. The word of God is black and white. It is what he says and you cannot take it. You add to it, the Bible says that that God will add to you. You remove from it, then something will be removed from you. You can teach our children, they teach our children or friends or family the basics of Christianity and we still go out and serve the devil. No, we we can't do that. It is not biblical. It's not right. You either choose to serve God or you choose to serve the devil. So you need to be careful. We need to be careful when what we say around our kids about, about the pastor or about that person in church or something we say to people. The reason why is that God has created each and every one of us in his image and in his likeness. So so that kind of spells everything out as in each person, whoever you are, you have a tendency of serving a God. Even the 80s serve God. The Muslims are serving a God. And we Christians, we serve a God. But one thing that you we need to put in the front of our heart is the fact that Is the way and the only way. No other way. He is the only person, the only worshipped leader who died and rose and seated in the right hand of the Father. Nobody, nobody has been able to do that. Not in the past, not in the present, and not in the future. So, what do you want to? Who do you want to serve? You cannot keep working in the face of this earth confused. No, you have a God that has created you. That's why I kind of encourage people: join a small group, join a group in church. If you know that you want to, you know, enjoy some and know this God more, let you know. Join a small group, join a prayer team, join. Um, there are so many groups in church. Speak to somebody because. You cannot all be fed from here every Sunday. You need to grow yourself during the course of the week to learn the word of God for yourself. I always say this to um, our small group people. I always say to them that when I was growing up as a young Christian, I had this auntie of mine. I call her my, my godmother, but she's an auntie. And she always drilled this into my head, as in When you read the Bible, ask ask God to kind of explain to you. And the way the Lord will interpret his scripture to me is not the same way he will interpret the scripture to you because there are levels of maturity in in, in Christianity. You have the little babies who, Paul says, just give them milk to drink. Then you have the matured one who, Paul says, they can chew bone. So, will God speak to you? Yes, of course. He is not a God that is far from you. He is near you. He is next to you. I was saying to um, a friend um, the other day at work, I was like, you know, he comes to you. He doesn't force himself into you, no. He just comes to you and that, oh, well, he created the world, so he has authority over you. Yeah, but he has given us choice. We all have choices. We chose to come to church this morning. And for those watching from home or wherever, you chose to watch from you chose to get up this morning saying to yourself, I need to hear the word of God. I need something to boost me. I need, I need a booster for this week. I need something that will just you know, push me along and strengthen me. Which is very good. But who do you serve? The other day, I, I, I was on my phone and I just realized that I spent so much time on Instagram. And i like, this is not healthy. And while I was doing it, I, I could hear the Holy Spirit speaking in my heart. You're spending so much time there now. You're spending so much time there. And I just carried on. And that is what we always do. That's what we always do. Like, oh, well, God, will forgive me. I'll just go to God and pray. Oh, yeah, he is gracious. We'll not, you know, caution you for doing something wrong. We live in the era of Grace. But but Paul said, should we continue in sin so that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. You and I cannot just, you know, take things for granted because we live in a world and a society where things are taken for granted. You need to stand out from the crowd. You need to stand out as a child of God. You do not need to compromise with the happenings around you and happenings around the world. But we find ourselves compromising in so many, 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 many things. And to be honest, people, Christ is coming very soon, whether we like it or not. And what I want is to be, is for him to say, oh, good and faithful servant, you have done well, and I have a crown on my head. I do not want to be that person where when I come before his presence, oh, you, you, I asked you to do this, you didn't do that, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, that's where you belong, hell. No, that's not where I want to be. If you have a conscience which God has given to you and I, then you need to to think about the fact that God, if heaven and hell are real, I need you to explain to me what that means. Because the society doesn't believe that there is heaven and there is hell. In First Corinthians um, six verse nine, he says, um, nineteen verse twenty it says, "Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body is His home, is His place." But Joshua said to the people, "Do you remember all this thing that God has done, the life He's given you?" the victory he gave to you, the food he put on your table, how he delivered you from the Egyptians, how he protected your family. Do you remember this? You know, sometimes we get to that place where we completely, everything God does for us just goes over our head. A preacher said that when God rots a miracle, it becomes cheap, which means that, you know, you've been praying for a miracle and it happens, oh, okay, is that it? Oh, okay, that's fine then. <laughs> Instead of taking our time to really thank God, oh wow, God, I never expected this. I did not appreciate, the, I did not appreciate, um, I, I, I love to thank God, but the way I thanked God that period that I had COVID was extraordinary because he kind of opened my eyes to say, look, people have died as a result of this, but I kept you without a trace of symptom, man. Or rather, damn, that's a miracle. That's a big miracle, there, people. You can't you can't buy that with money. You can't buy that with money at all. Like I said, I don't want to rush it because if I rush it, we will all lose the whole the whole perspective of what we're talking about. So we see, um, I drew something here. Who do you serve? Every human is serving one thing or the other. I gave you a story about how long I spent on Instagram. I'm not a social media person, but most times on Instagram I go looking at artworks and all that because I'm very artistic. Now I can look at that and completely forget. But I think the underlying factor there was the fact that even though I was doing that, I didn't spend that amount of time in my quiet time that morning before leaving the house. I think that's where the condemnation in my heart came. Because the Holy Spirit of God will always prick your heart when you're not, when you're not doing the right thing so that you will change. But do you serve your phone? Do you serve your anger? Do you serve unforgiveness? Do you serve fear? Do you serve anxiety? He says, choose. You have a choice. Adam had a choice. Eve had a choice. Joseph had a choice. Moses had a choice. The children of Israel had a choice. But they said to Moses, we want to go back to Egypt. We miss we miss the garlic. That makes me laugh so much whenever I hear that. We miss the garlic we used to have. There. Garlic. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, <laughs> Oh dear, dear Lord. Anyway, moving on. So we all have choices to make. You cannot choose what is comfortable for you. If you choose something comfortable for you outside God's boundary, then it will never be comfortable for you because you will always want to seek something more comfortable than what you have. But the grace of God needs to choose. You either choose salvation or you choose to remain in sin. You either choose to say to yourself, I am tired of this habit, I'm tired of this character, I'm tired of this this personality, this false appearance of me. I'm tired of it. I want a change. I do not want to remain like this again. When you make that decision like that, then it is time... You don't just make the decision, you need to go to the God that created you and made you in his image to renew your identity in him. Your identity is not fear. Your identity is Christ in you, your hope of glory. He is in you. He lives in you. The Bible says, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. And the Bible goes on to say, you know, this is where I call it, you know, putting uh, um, 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 butter on the bread. He said, you are complete in him. Imagine putting a toast, and the toast just pops out, and you're, that is so cool. Now, that's how we feel. That's how he wants us to feel, The, the, the satisfaction of knowing him and serving him. I'm going to round up now, but before I round up, who are you serving? Are you happy in that life you're living? Are you happy in that sin? We are not here to paint a picture of, oh, sin is okay. No, it's not. Because the Bible says, "The soul that sinneth shall die." Not spiritual, not physical death, but spiritual death where you're disconnected from your court. But God is so loving that even though sin disconnects you from Him, He is still there waiting for you to do a, to make a U-turn to come to Him. But sometimes the devil has so blinds from from seeing this love. That he so condemns us that, oh, you've done, you've seen the most terrible sin in the whole world. God cannot forgive you. You cannot be forgiven. You are this, you're that. And the devil just paints this picture about you and, oh dear. And we just go deep and deep and deep and deep and we get completely lost in the the whole sin. But that's not what God wants from us. He wants us to come to him. Who do you want to serve? Joshua said, As for me and my house, what are you modeling before your friends? What are you modeling before your children? What are you modeling before your church, before your community? What are you modeling in your places of work? Are you modeling Christ or are you modeling yourself? Are you modeling righteousness or you're modeling, you know, flowing with the but the system of the world the children and we have overcome the world so this morning i want to give us an opportunity if you have not given your life to christ if you have not made that decision that you want to serve the lord you want to know god this is a time do not procrastinate. Do not hesitate. Because to be honest, you don't know the next minute. You don't know the next second. But Joshua said, whether you like it or not, I have made my decision. My family and I, we will serve the Lord. All the days of our life. we will serve the Lord. And you cannot serve the Lord, or I cannot serve the Lord, and still live in sin. And still live in unforgiveness. And still live in bitterness. And still living anger. There's an endless list to be honest. So I want to give us an opportunity this morning. I don't know how many of you have given your life to Christ. There is also room for rededication. You know, coming back to God and say, Lord... I know I gave my life to you many years ago, but I think I want to renew my covenant, with renew, renew my, my relationship with you, make it better. So this morning, if you've not given your life to Christ, I want you to use this time, or rather place your hand on your chest. There is no shame though, Because when Jesus called people out, he called them out in the public. He didn't ask them to do it in a very um, um, secluded area. When he delivers, he delivers in the open. When he calls for salvation, he did it in the open. If not, people wouldn't have known what he did. So if you want to give your life to Christ, I would like you to... um, place your hand in your heart, on your chest or your heart this morning. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. And if you want to take this time to renew your relationship with Jesus Christ, now is the opportunity to do that. I'll just give you five minutes to just spend that time and just say, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to know you more. I want to know you better. I want to love you the way you love me. I have been selfish, I have been self-centered, I have been unforgiving. I have been sinful. I have done things my way, I have done made me happy, and forgotten that you are the one that has things that will make me happy for life. Just invite him into your life today. He wants to come in. He's he's at the door. He's knocking and he's saying, would you let me in? Are you going to let him in today? Because when he comes in, every single thing changes. Everything changes from top to bottom. People will see you and like, wow, something has happened to this person. Now, while in that mood, I will just pray. Heavenly Father, your church, oh Lord, of which I'm one of, Lord, we, we come to you as a church. And Father, firstly, I just want to bring before you as many that have confessed you, confessed themselves to you, and actually, whether in the building or watching from home or wherever, Lord, we pray for the salvation of their spirit, soul, their mind, their bodies. We ask you, Lord Jesus, come into our hearts. Be our Lord, be our Savior. Be our friend. Be our everything. Lord, help us to say like Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, help us to make that this proclamation, this decree, this this. Pronouncement without feeling any form of, of fear or, or 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 discouragement, but let us say it with our hearts lifted high to you, Jesus. Father, come and take your place, Lord. We just submit and surrender completely and totally to you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. On to Jesus. I surrender on. to him I freely give and I surrender all. and I surrender all. to jesus blessed savior and i surrender oh oh jesus oh jesus oh jesus oh jesus oh jesus oh jesus you said whosoever shall call upon your name shall be saved oh jesus we call upon your name that you save your church lord that church lord father that every church that calls upon your name in spirit and in truth we ask that you will save jesus oh father we just submit to you lord father we refuse to be to be misled by the devil anymore we were bought with a prize, with a precious blood. And Father, we just thank you, Lord. We just give you praise, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I ask you to lift your right hand again, please? Just your right hand, as we decree this. I just want you to say it with a meaning in your heart. Let it mean something to you. Don't just say it because. The person next to you is saying it. And don't just say it because you think it's something to say. But no. Say, as for me, as for me, in place of me, I want you to put your name. As for Kwe, I will serve the Lord. No matter what the enemy, the society, the devil brings my way. I will serve the Lord in the name of God the Father, in the name of God the Son, and in the name of God the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, Amen people. Oh, anyway, we're going to the next phase now, and that is communion. How many of you are excited about communion? I'm excited. I'm excited. So before we um, take communion, I just want to um, just say this to us. This is a time where our covenant with Jesus Christ is renewed. And the Bible says that we should do this in. So don't just think that you're just drinking juice or you, and you're eating bread. No. It is the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. It is very powerful. What you're about to do can break chains. No, not can. Will break chains. Will bring healing. Will bring deliverance. Will transform you from your head to your toe. So when you do this, brothers and sisters, do it with excitement in your heart. Because it is what God commands us to do. So before we, um, I would like to invite the, um, the ushers. And before they do that, I would like to pray over the communion. Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, another time like this where we come before your presence to, um, to enjoy your person. To enjoy your love, to enjoy your grace. Heavenly Father, we are about you just like you said. The Bible says you took the bread and you broke the bread and you said, this is my body broken for you. Eat. And you took the cup and you blessed the cup. And the Bible says that. And you give the cup and say, "This this is my blood poured out for you. And Lord, that is what we're about to do. And we pray that, Lord, as we eat of your body and drink of your blood, that we will be healed mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. We pray that, Lord, for everyone going through one pain or the other, they will receive healing and deliverance. And we pray, O oh Lord, for a refreshing and that strength be restored and, refre- and, and renewed in our lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you will start from the back. The usher will lead you from the back. I think we have um, the gluten-free one there. So if you, if you want to have the gluten-free one, go that way and have the gluten-free one. Soon as, I'd like to ask, as soon as you've had communion, please could you go and collect your children. Okay? Bless you. We're going to finish with a song, and i um, just sing along with us, but if you have children, please go and get them from children's ministry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. Mm